Welcome everyone to the Two Tongues Podcast. Consider this your invitation to join Kyle and Chris on a journey through our minds. Where we explore the questions that have fascinated us for as long as we can remember. Could anarchy actually work? Does God exist? And just how did the cosmos get here anyway? Let me be the Virgil to your Dante, the Sacagawea to your Lewis and Clark. Let's take the guided tour through the dark chambers of our unconscious, seeking answers to the most important and unsettled questions of our shared existence. Ready or not, here we go. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Who's that? Who sings that? The Fugees. The, the fucking Fugees. Every time I hear the name the Fugees, I think it's Zach Galifianakis. The Fugees. The Fugees. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what movie that's from, but just a, a memorable line. Yeah, I don't either. It's a more memorable memorable line than it was a memorable movie, apparently. Mm. He was in a few. Of, he's in a few of those, like... You know he's a funny, fu- a funny fucking guy. But some of the movies that he was in weren't great. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But you know what though, I think his roles in those bad movies are still pretty good most of the time. Yeah, you know. So yeah, he's he's a funny motherfucker. And and you think that Zach Galifianakis is the kind of guy that would work best in small doses? But there has been times like in the campaign, for, as an example. He's pretty fun. That yeah. might be the Fugees. So that yeah, might actually that be. might actually be, yeah. yeah. He, but he carried that movie. Not that uh, Will, F- Will Ferrell. Is yeah, that right? Yeah. yeah, not that he wasn't great. He's always great. He punched the shit out of that baby. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, he sure did. That, the best part of that was when he was um, a politician running for office and leaving that dirty voicemail on the wrong vo- answering yeah. machine. <laughs> That uh, I feel like that character was very obviously supposed to be like um, kind of a George W. Bush inspired Rick Perry kind yeah. of guy. Now, do you say, do you say that like because when uh, Will Ferrell did the George Bush impression, mm-hmm. it's kind of a similar yeah um, fake voice. Yeah, very similar. Yeah. Is that why, or is it? Uh... Um, I mean, yeah, it, they sound alike, but also you can tell. That Will Ferrell doesn't have a whole lot of respect for Republicans. Mm. Um, I don't know if you remember that George W. Bush, like, one-man show that he did. Mm, Yeah. But it was, uh, I mean, it was funny. I thought it was funny, but he obviously thinks George Bush is a fucking moron. I wish that comedians would make fun of politicians apolitically. Yeah, uh, you know it's it can easily be done. You can make all the same jokes. Just don't make it obvious that you take the other side. Yeah, you know, just be a, uh, an equal opportunity comedian and just make fun of shit that you know isn't political. Be apolitical. Political comedy is the worst. The worst. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> um, yeah, political comedy. I mean, it's it's not always bad. But like ninety nine percent of it is probably bad. I can't think of good political comedy off the top of my head. I'm like George Carlin comes to mind, um, but even that, like it, you know, he's wrong about a lot. You yeah, know? I mean, he's 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 right about his things too. But he's uh, for a guy who gets you know he's got like the cred of being somebody who was like 
aware of what's going on. I listen to Carlin now, and I'm like, man, this dude is... He, like, trusts them way... He, you know, he acts like he doesn't, but he trusts politicians and the system way more than I do, personally. Yeah. yeah. I think I told you this story on the podcast, or I may have brought this up before, but um, but I went to a couple of concerts in the past, and I love seeing live music, especially when I was younger and I, I was staying up later. You know, nowadays yeah. it's fucking difficult. But, um, but yeah, like, I, sometimes I'd go see a band, and they would say some shit during the songs, before the songs, in between them. And sometimes it's just like you get to know the band in an interesting way, and that's what makes live shows partly what makes them so unique and interesting. Other times they say some political shit yeah. that just disenfranchises half of the people there, you know? Oh, I don't think it disenfranchises half of the people there. Well, disenfranchise me. Yeah, well, you were. I think you were a minority. I, I just want to say, most don't shut up care. and sing, clown. Yeah, I'm with you. They, like, I don't know, I think when I was younger... I didn't care about politics as much anyways, but I was better at just, like, not really... I, I You know, I, much like George Carlin, I, like, trusted things way more back then. So I was like, yeah, yeah, man, probably, you know. Um, but, you know, there were some bands that, are, that were definitely going to be good for it. Bands that we, like, Rise Against, they were definitely going to yeah. say something political. And I think they um, might have been one of them. Now yeah, I'm sure it they up. were. Yeah. Last... Band I saw that made like an overtly political statement was it's actually been a while. Um, There's a, a guy, Irish fella named Glenn Hansard, who is incredible. He's a great musician. Um, but he was talking about, uh, as he said it, Greta Thunberg. <laughs> oh, God. I thought that was interesting. Thunberg. Thunberg. Uh, I assume he was oh, very, speaking in support of her. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was like, she's she's a genius. She's going to, you know, be the president of the world, you know, that sort yeah. of thing. Yep. Then he shut the fuck up. Oh, so actually, someone in the crowd was like, boo. Good. <laughs> and uh, he, 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 like, was kind of condescending to them, but mm. not that bad. It could have been worse. The whole situation could have been worse. Yeah, I feel like... Uh... That Greta Thorn Thorn Thunberg, what's her name? Thunberg. Thunberg. That's how I would pronounce it as an American. Um, I feel like that whole th situation is um, s symbolic or, or emblematic of um, it's just part of what's eating away at this society. That we would raise up a child, an autistic, throw in a hissy fit, yeah, and make it out like a like a like a political like a valid political expression a girl who's too young i mean she's she's probably spe speaking from fear and you know maybe less indoctrination than fear at that age you know people tell you the world's going to end unless people stop do stop sinning in this way stop acting in this way mm. and it's all black and white when you're a kid you know and it's hard for me to blame a kid for thinking you know in black and white but 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 people who are Mature adults who taught her, who like led her. I mean, you know how much do you know about her and her where she came from and stuff like that. Yeah, so Zero. her parents are like pretty big political activist type people. So it's not like she like hit the books and was you know learning about climate change. I'm sure she she you know there's a lot of information out there that will just confirm any bias that you have. So yes, indeed. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think she came to those ideas organically. Yeah, just put it that way. So she was indoctrinated just because it was around her like growing, a, growing up, like us all, and her role models were doing that. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but the, but then you have like nuanced thinkers, adults, people like you and I that raise her up. You think I'm a nuanced thinker? Yeah. Thanks, man. You're welcome. You're welcome. I think that you're wrong about that. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, we put yeah, her it's on like, a pedestal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and made a made a big fuss about it, and um, you know, like talked about maybe not talked about, but uh, it, it was implicit that her youth in it, she was like wise beyond her years. Her youth was part of it is that being she's played European. Up. You know, part of I think part of it's that Americans too, yeah. hear that this, you know, she's European, even though she's a teenager, she's got to be wise beyond her year because she's, Americans are fucking gay and retarded like that. <laughs> they like love European people. I do love European. People. I don't. I'm like, <laughs> I, we. This is an established thing on the podcast. I'm like pretty anti-European. I like Europe. You know, I want to go visit Europe. Yeah, but I don't really care about a lot of the European people who have like. That, that negative stereotype of America. It's like, you guys are fucking retarded. As if we came over there and we examined your your culture, there aren't a, there aren't a bunch of fucking fat loser idiots, you know? Like, I know that... I know there's Euro trash, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah I, I really hate that, man. It really gets under my skin, uh-huh. this, like, anti-American, Americans are stupid. Yeah. Fucking hate it. The generalizations um, about America... Mm. For from people who aren't from America, are really laughable, uh, because this is a big place, man. Yeah, America's a big place. Yeah, it's bigger than a lot of their countries by seventy times. States, <laughs> a lot of like smaller states. Yeah, are, you know, not smaller, but you know, mid-sized. Ohio, I'm sure, is bigger than a lot of European countries. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So you, so you simplify what it must be like to be an American. And this giant geographic space with, uh, you know, all different socioeconomic people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. From all different cultural backgrounds. A melting pot, by the way. Yeah, um, uh, you know, one of the most interesting places you could possibly imagine if you, if you wrote it up, you know, in fiction. But we're all fat, lazy. Or, I don't know if they think we're lazy because we actually work longer hours and, and yeah. are, you know, we have much less vacation time stupid, than they do. stupid, you know. Stupid. Yeah, stupid, uncultured, stupid, fat, uncultured. Yeah, like ketchup a lot. Yeah, <laughs> which I mean, they're not wrong. You know, they they get like spotty things right, and there are probably some people who fit their stereotype exactly. You know, but there's a lot of people here, and for you to act like everyone in America is retarded, it just really rubs me the wrong way. So yeah, yeah I am anti-European. Yeah, that's you- like a stance that I take. Yeah, yeah. A firm one, too. So I don't know enough about European culture to do this kind of a breakdown. They're all gay. <laughs> but I can do it with America to some degree. I can say that um, a perfectly realistic stereotype of an American could easily be um, a a New York stereotype. And there are like lots of ones that might come to mind. But one of them might be the Wall Street, you know, uh, super rich... Um, yeah. You know Leonardo DiCaprio from the Wolf of Wall right. Street. Right. So you might have that kind of, but but that guy's probably rude, and he's and he's like self-aggrandized, and and you know all that's the but that's a perfectly reasonable, normal American stereotype. But that but that's not the redneck um, yeah. th- stereotype that we're talking about. Yeah, then, that's true. And then there's that old money East Coast, you know, aristocratic type person. You know, and then there's the Appalachian American, and then there's the you know Pacific Northwest. Whole what, bunch. what about the Native American people here? Uh, well, what about those people? You they, know, they live on the reservations. You know, on the res. You know, they're on the res. On the res is yeah. that what they say? I only so that's it's weird, man. I've been living in these United States for my entire life. You know how many Native American people I've ever met? I would guess less than five. 
very few. The only I ever met that I would say, like personally interacted with somebody as a stranger in public was in Las Vegas, Nevada, where I bumped into... Uh, Sitting Bull. They were, uh, I can't remember what that tribe. Was probably an actor. <laughs> no, they were from New York. They were they were here gambling just like we were. Of they course they were. <laughs> they weren't, they weren't uh, from there. They were from New York. Um, and I'm just trying to remember what tribe they said they were from. Oh, for some reason, I want to say Seneca, but it's probably wrong. In any case, um, it was very interesting meeting those people because I never met, I never met a Native American person before, and I realized that they're just like us. Were they wearing like un, unfinished leather? No. No? No. Moccasins? They, they, no. Listen, if they were... Ooh, I don't know how to say this. This is going to be... There's no way not, not to make this racist. Um, nice. <laughs> let's go. If they were white people... So... See, like, right, that's how I'm starting. Like, how do you even, how do you even go on from this point? Um, if they were white people, and you, I looked at the way they were dressed and the way that they uh, interacted with each other and with us, I would say the, they were... I would say that they are like rednecks. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know if, if hillbilly is right or redneck I, I, is right. I'm like really surprised that you are like feeling this sensitive about saying that you think like, I don't know. Like that doesn't seem anything offensive about saying well, they look like rednecks. I guess what I'm saying is, is I, it because of the red? I can't. No, no, no. I can't generalize about these about Native American people because I only ever met two. Uh-oh. So I'm trying to put them in a category that I'm familiar with. But when I say redneck or hillbilly, they're white people we're talking about. So how do I communicate to you what the impression I got of their socioeconomic position or their their personality or attitudes, uh, political preferences? Like how do I communicate that to you when I'm talking, trying to generalize from a group? I don't have any. I, I have a data set of two. It's difficult. So I say, okay, let's let's just look at how you know various types of white people we could describe various types of white people by their I don't know if that's culture or or a stereotype or whatever we want to call it they would fit neatly into that redneck into that mold if that makes sense like were they wearing like work boots um yeah it's like uh they were just like like carhartt pants like like lower middle class people uh maybe maybe I would have to say maybe yeah, lower middle class people, and they were dressed like 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 me, like like we were. Well, you're not a redneck. No, they were a little bit, a little bit. Uh, it's been many years, and, I, and I'm trying to get too specific here. But um, see, what I I was almost for some reason expecting you to say that they. I'm just gonna be insensitive here that they were dressed like black people. You know, they they had like a more urban feel. I don't know why. No, no. To me, it was like. See, I'm afraid. I want to say like trailer park people, like like stereotypical trailer park people. But if I say that, is that um, it? Like I don't know. Um, I'm sure, there are a bunch of nice people who live in trailer parks. Yeah, but I'm talking about a very particular type of trailer park people. I'm not talking about. <laughs> I'm not talking about. You're talking about white trash. Yeah, I guess I am. Um, so they they had that. They would have fit that mold pretty pretty neatly. Yeah. Um, I would say. And it surprised me. I didn't. I didn't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Um, See, that like doesn't really surprise me at all. Knowing the little, I mean, I don't. I don't really know any Indians in real life either. So yeah. everything that I know is hearsay. But I mean, I trust the people that I've heard things from, and that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, I think that they have a lot of 
similar kind of problems to white people yeah. and you know like yeah i guess that what that's what it boils down to they they were probably um lower lower on the income spectrum people and um uh that, i guess that's what i was picking up on you know i, I would I mean, again, a bunch of nice people who live in trailers, I'm sure, and these people could have been, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do live in a trailer. On a reservation, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they... I don't even know if they live in a reservation, well, they, but... Yeah, they, they, they did. Oh, they did? Yeah, and they were they, like the stories they were telling me... Oh, you actually, like, talked oh, to them. Like, yeah, we, like, we were sitting in a bar together having a chat. You spoke the language? No, yeah, he spoke English just fine. Hi-ya, and, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no, man, it was like... Uh, <sighs> trailer park stories dude it was trailer park stories they were telling me like Math. like no like brutal fights and jealousy family issues and like you know uh like just fuck, like fucking fucking each other's girls yeah and, like reality tv level drama um jerry springer it, shit and i didn't i just didn't expect it man i guess i wanted a different experience from i you, you know wanted the unfinished leather and the the tale, <laughs> tales of chasing down buffalo so i went to uh Cherokee, North Carolina. One the time, Cherokee. Yeah, the Cherokee. No, no, were the the these Indians Cherokee? Yes, they were. Yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought you said you couldn't think of what tribe. Uh, these. This is a different. Uh, this is a different uh, story. So I went to Cherokee, North Carolina, um, specifically to go to a reservation because I wanted to see what. When did you do that? Uh, that was <laughs> that was the first time I got married when I was on my oh, my first okay. honeymoon. So yeah, we went to Tennessee, and then uh, one day we drove from where we were staying to Cherokee, North Carolina, and I went to this um, reservation. But here's the thing: it wasn't a reservation. I mean, it was on like it was on the reservation, like the property that belonged to the native tribe, but it was this tourist thing. So we go into it, and it's like they were doing the um, dances, you know, like the mm-hmm. tribal dance. As a spectacle for the people sitting around in the... For Whitey. For Whitey, yeah. 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 And it was cool. I mean, I guess it's kind of kind of sad in some ways. And I tried to talk Why? to... Why? Why is that sad? Just like the... Um, this, I guess the word spectacle that I used, uh, performance, making it... Okay, I guess making, I could see that, yeah. It's like, can you imagine if like, if like it's some people paid money to watch people in church sing hymns and, and take communion? Yeah. It's like, that's what I was doing. I paid money to sit there and watch these people do their ritual, their holy dance, you know? And it's worse than that because they're doing it not, no longer for spiritual reasons. They're doing it to make money from us. And that's even worse. It's like you've soiled this, you know, it's terrible. It was terrible. Yeah. In retrospect, you know. Uh, but I, and I tried to talk to the, some of the people afterwards. Uh, and I just wanted to ask them about their religion because, you know, that's the kind of shit that I'm interested in. So I just wanted to ask them. They don't fucking know. Those people don't they don't practice that religion anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and they and they haven't. <laughs> they barely know, you know? Yeah. It was weird. It was a weird experience. That's uh you know the like native Germanic and Scandinavian people, they don't they have more I think more than the Indians do, the native Americans, but um I don't even know about that. Maybe that's not true, but you know they don't they don't really have any kind of traditions or anything either. If you ask a yeah. a person from Scandinavia, you know what did they think? Like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, they're, they're um, just Christians, you know. They're yeah, just, yeah. And then most of them aren't religious in any way, so they just yeah, have, barely have a Christian tradition. I wonder 
if that's true with uh, Native Americans, I wonder if they are like yeah. more Christian. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. That's the impression that I have. Yeah, that was the impression I got from, from all of the just Indians limited. that I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, man, I only ever met the two, uh, and then the the ones that I saw in that weird setting in North Carolina that was just not. It was not authentic. I knew I wasn't getting anything authentic there. I've met some Mexicans, and that's like same thing, you know, <laughs> like kind of the same thing, depending on the type of Mexican, you know. Yeah, yeah you know, I I know that the that the um, Maya, for instance, um, had settlements uh, as far into um, North America as Florida. So you have places like Miami, where the where the word comes from, the word Maya that that they use for their for their like you know, their people. Yeah. Um, so that you, you had, you know, up into the uh, the uh, American Southwest, you had Im- influence from the Aztecs and stuff like that. Um, but there seems to me to be a pretty big difference between the morphological uh, type when you have like a um, South American or a Central American, Native American person, even when they're mixed with the Spanish, like we see in Mexico and, and you know, lots of other places or the Portuguese in Brazil, um, you can tell when, when you get a real high percentage of the native DNA, the people are very small. Like, yeah. like a, lot of, a lot of them, they're, they're very small people. But you, that's not the case. It at least doesn't seem to be the case with the Cherokee or the, the, nat- the natives that, like, you know, would have, been, would have been living around here. I think they were still smaller. You think? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think the impression that you have comes from like movies and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the one I can't remember the name of the tribe, but they were like badasses. Yeah, Apache. Um, maybe I don't know. Mohawk. Man. They all they all seem kind of badass. No, but it's the one that Joe Rogan is like obsessed with. Oh, probably the the Comanche, maybe. Yeah, the Comanche probably. Um, and they were they were little tiny fellers. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like My, short, stocky, yeah, violent. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Like, I'm trying to think of like um, the, the the Inuit and the Eskimo up in the Arctic. Um, are they small? I don't know. I don't know if they. I don't know either. I definitely never met one of them. I don't guys. think that they're like particularly tall. I don't. I don't. I feel like I would know that. I feel like that would stick out, you know? <laughs> if Eskimos were notoriously told, yeah. there'd be more in the NBA, probably. True, yeah. yeah there, I've never seen one in the I've NBA. I've never seen an... I don't know. I'll have to look it up later. Um, <laughs> I mean, you get, you get a lot of Eastern Europeans in the NBA. True. Get some Israelis every now and then. Yeah. But... Uh, I, was, I was just telling this story earlier while we're talking about different... Uh, I don't like using the word racist, man, but like different uh, ethnic groups and what they're like morph- morphological like stereotypes are. Um, and I, when I was like in middle school, one of my, he's not really a friend, but like an acquaintance in school, he went to Germany with his dad or something. And then he came back and he was t- t- talking about what it was like in Germany because I was very interested to know. Yeah. I had never been out of the United States. At, at that time, probably hadn't been very far at all. And I was like, what was it like there? And he was like, you know what stuck out to me? I was like, what? He was like, I was the tallest person <laughs> in the whole country. I didn't see anybody, you know, in anywhere close to as tall. And he was like, this would have been like maybe a 12 or 13-year-old kid. He said he was the tallest guy. Was he particularly he saw, tall? Like my, like my, like an, like an average size dude. Yeah, that's not a stereotype that I 
have heard from Germany, so that's weird. Yeah. Well, like and Japan. W- yeah. Yeah. You know? Where, wherever he went, uh, that's what he said. He said he said he was the tallest guy that he that he met while he was there, and every woman he saw was the most beautiful woman he ever saw. That's what he said. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of Scandinavian people. I know they're notoriously tall. It's funny. Um, yeah, I mean that—that's definitely like the Viking stereotype tends to be like um, a big lumbering, you know, beautiful, muscular, crazy man. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I, I have a suspicion that, and maybe this wasn't true like in the Viking age, but like when nutrition in Europe was a problem, yeah. that like the genes were there for people to have a big, large stature, but most people just didn't develop well, and when people migrated to the United States. A lot of people, like if you look at um, my wife's dad and grandpa, um, they were uh, short, relatively short fellas, and my wife is is tall, relatively tall. I, I think like once you get to a place where uh, the nutrition is good and you're getting vitamin D from the sun and you're healthy, those genes kick on and and, and within a couple generations, those people you know blossom. Yeah. They, they get big. Yeah. Yeah, I know that current. Like Swedish people, they're like like the tallest white people, you know. But yeah, I could see maybe back in the day, are, are the Dutch too, or the is that right? The, I think like, that whole area. Yeah, because there's like a lot of kickboxers oh, from there. The Dane, Dane, Dane maybe. Denmark, maybe. I mean, where where's Whitney's family from? Because she's a she's Holland, she's a, Holland, the yeah. Netherlands. She's a tall lady. Yeah, not not like super tall, but like yeah, definitely tall. Yeah, she's not like weirdly tall. <laughs> yeah. They're um, tall there, right? I guess, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man. Africa is so diverse when it comes to that because you have some of like the tallest people ever that come from Africa. Then you have like the sand bushmen in the in the south. They're like they call them pygmies. They're like they're like tiny tiny people and they're all that's normal for them. That's just they're just small small people. It's weird. Dude. It's crazy. Africa's a big place. Big place. An old place. You say old place? An old place, yeah. Is it older than anywhere else? Well, they have like more languages in Africa than anywhere else on earth. They're like compact into that place, which which leads me to believe that human beings were there uh, with language evolving for longer than anywhere else on earth. I think it's... I think in Australia it's pretty pretty close to that. There's like tons of different languages and they're like very different from each from each other. The Aboriginals. Yeah, that's another fascinating topic. I don't know anything about the Aboriginal Aboriginal people, their their tribes, the differences, the history, the the religion. I don't know shit about it. I've heard to. some stuff, but not very much. You know. Yeah, I know about boomerangs yeah. and uh, like walkabouts. What are those things called? They blow into. Uh, Didgeridoos. Didgeridoos. I know about kangaroos and shit. I know about that. I don't think um, kangaroos are really a part of it, but... Oh, they're in the mix. Yeah. Um, I I know about that. uh, There's a rock shelter um, there. It's like, you know, like a a super ancient um, place where human habitation has been, and they have record of it going back uh, 50,000 years or whatever. And they're just covered in paintings and carvings into the rock. And it's this crazy, weird rock shelter. And I didn't learn about it until, like, they featured it on Ancient Aliens or on some kind of documentary that I saw. And it's, like, uh, basically, like, um, a giant, flat um, piece of stone. 
your phone went up over there, um, and it's uh, being held up by smaller stones. So it's almost like a rooftop and walls, but it's somehow naturally formed that way, the way the rock, you know, deteriorated or whatever, whatever the word is. You know what I'm getting at? And eroded. Uh, eroded. And um, there's all kinds of crazy ancient carvings in there. Old, old fucking carvings. Yeah. I, that shit is so fascinating to me. You should get in there and steal one for this wall over here. Hell yeah. No. <laughs> no. I'm not doing that. Someone texting you there, bud? Probably. I don't know. Sound, I... like, sound like a buzz. Yeah. Speaking of buzz, cheers. Cheers, brother. Two tongues in the house. Two tongues. Second episode with me back. Hell yeah, two, man. Two weeks. Uh, I feel like it's, you know, it's a good amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you still pumping out the solos, huh? Uh, I didn't. I didn't this week. I'm trying. I've been working on um, reading reading back through Paralandra, and it's interesting. But I have to get enough. Uh, I have to read enough to get um, a whole episode's worth, and I'm not there yet. So I have to keep reading. It's going to be probably, hopefully, this week I have one one out. But uh, but yeah, the plan is I'll, I'll still do at least the one solo episode every week. I've been trying. It's not been as easy to do, but but I'm trying. Yep. There's a whole bunch of interesting symbolism in Paralandra right now um, about the Garden of Eden and, and Adam and Eve, uh, like the whole opening bit where, uh, for those of you who are listening and don't have any fucking idea what I'm talking about, Kyle and I were reading these books, C.S. Lewis books, called the Space Trilogy, um, and it's three books, uh, Out of the Silent Pe- Planet, Paralandra, and That Hideous Strength. I did an episode, solo episode on the first one, Out of the Silent Planet, and I'm working on the Paralandra episode, so that's getting you up to speed. And it's a sci-fi series about the this main character, Ransom, who finds himself able to go to different planets in outer space and have adventures. It's a sci-fi book. Yes, it is. Um, but when he gets to Paralandra in the beginning, first of all, he's naked when he arrives. And if you remember how that opens up, the sort of angel, the Oyarsa of Mars, who's like, because he, first he goes to Mars, now in the second book he goes to Venus, that's Paralandra, and uh, the angel of Mars is still helping him out. I, I, I call angel, I don't know whether you would agree with that characterization of the uh, of the Oyarsa as, an, as like an oh, yeah. angelic figure. Yeah. So the angel's helping him, and uh, somehow he sends him this casket, right? This sort of a casket. He's, Space casket. He's going to lock himself into, and then the angel's going to transport him magically in the casket to... To Venus, and he tells him before he gets into the casket to to take off all of his clothes. He's going naked, and so when he arrives on this new planet, he's naked. Like when you were born, you were naked in your birthday suit. Like when God created Adam, he didn't yet have clothes. He was naked. That's how Ransom arrives in on this planet. Like Adam, reborn, reborn, and uh, there's just so many little things about like. The the fruit that he encounters, like you know, you can tell like the, there's there's references there to the to the forbidden trees and in the garden, and uh, he 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 talks about having this weird sensation of uh, not of not feeling any guilt. He just describes having this being on this planet, feeling strangely. Everything is strange. You know, everything looks strange, and what what occurs to him is that he doesn't have any he doesn't have this anxiety or this 
overarching feeling of guilt, like he like he was accustomed to. He was he was uh, uh, he had normalized it. He didn't notice it till it was gone. So here he's this naked man. He's the only man on this planet so far, um, and he has no he has no guilt, no shame, and so he hasn't yet. He hasn't yet eaten the fruit uh, that Adam and Eve eat, right? So but it, the whole thing is just really interesting. And the way that they the way that they model this whole opening of the story on the, the Garden of Eden story is just really cool, man. That I'm, is I'm eating it up. Um. He wakes up. Sorry, man. He wakes up on, on his first uh, night, from his first night asleep on the, on the planet. And the first thing he sees is a a dragon curled around this tree, heavy with fruit. And that's the first thing he sees is a serpent wrapped around the tree. You know, it's like, fuck, man. Yeah, the imagery is there, but the story, like that that serpent wrapped around the tree is not the devil or anything, you know? It's like he doesn't put it, he doesn't make it like directly. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty direct, but. Um, and like, there's no command not to eat the fruit. You know, he, he's allowed to eat this fruit, yeah. but there's that comparison is definitely there. Yeah. And um, he does say when he eats it that he eats it and he's, like, satisfied and he, like, thinks, I you know, maybe I would eat another one, but he's like, no, it wouldn't, it, like, wouldn't be right to eat another one. Yeah. Which is interesting. It Sounds, is interesting. Something weird about that. Yeah, what do you think that means? Um... Do you remember how he described it? Not really. He said, "He said like the feeling he got when he 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 ate this fruit, this crazy alien fruit, and it was the most delicious thing he ever tasted because it didn't taste like anything he ever expected to taste. It was brand new and fascinating, like the first time you have sex. He's like an amazing experience. That's what this he was making love to this fruit, and he said, uh, he, you know, it was so good. His instinct was to grab another one, and then he had this overwhelming feeling that it would be wrong to do so. And the way he described it was, it would be like wanting to listen to um, a symphony of, uh, that you just listened to, like wanting to just start it over again immediately after you just went through that whole epic experience, you know. And if you do a symphony right, it takes you on this emotional roller coaster. It takes you through this story. And it's a long, drawn-out experience. And when you're done, it has the climax. It has the crescendo. It's you know, and then you want to start that trip immediately over again. It's like first of all, you don't. And even if you did, it wouldn't be as good because you just listened to the damn thing. You just went on that experience. So that's how he explains it. It's like it wouldn't be right. It felt like a sin for him to do it. But that's why because it was like. He, tarnishing the memory, the the experience he just had by unnecessarily duplicating it and weakening it, and and what's what what, what word am I looking for? Um, I don't know, but it's almost like you're taking it for granted, you know. It's something something like that is what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have definitely listened to like particularly Beethoven's Fifth back to back, like listen to it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I just love that. Yeah. Pretty powerful. Yeah. It's been a long time since I listened powerful to any, piece. anything like that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I love I love Beethoven. Uh, I, I mean, the fifth is, it's so good, man. I, I like a lot of classical music, um, but the fifth really gets me. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so fucking intense. <laughs> I can't yeah. remember, I can't remember if it's Beethoven or not, but there's a classical composer Maybe it's Mozart. I don't know. There's a classical composer and um, Goethe. 
both of them are from the same part of Germany I found out that my mom's family comes from. Okay. And I found out there's a tribe, a Germanic tribe, that is that gives their name to the place that she's from. So I don't know whether that means my mom's family would have come from that tribe, but there's a possibility, and that's pretty cool, man. That, that's like, cool. It's like a connection that goes back to like 500 A.D., with this tribe called the Thuring Thuringi or Thuringi or something like that. Cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. That is cool. Deep history. Yeah, man. That's a long ass time ago. Um, I was gonna say something and I lost it. I said deep history and I thought no, of it was before that. Oh. I don't know. It's gone, man. Damn. Yeah. I thought of deep heaven. Or deep is that what they call it? Yeah. Deep space, they call deep heaven yeah, in the yeah. books. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, there's a, at the end of Out of the Silent Planet, uh, they have that it's like a letter from Ransom, or I can't remember if it's from Ransom to you know the fake C.S. Lewis mm. uh, in the story. Or if it's from the professor who was supposed to be C.S. Lewis to Ransom, who was supposed to be Tolkien. Um, That's right, yeah. But they say that like if we can get people to stop thinking of it as space and to start thinking of it as as deep heaven, that would we, it would have been worth all you know, whatever we go through. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, deep heaven. Yeah. Yeah, man. Good little book. It is a good book. I highly recommend all three of them. Um, dude, I've been not really able to listen to anything because I've been training. Um, my, I have an apprentice. Yep. Uh, I'm training to take my position. And, uh, you know, I, I just don't really have the time to listen to stuff. It's it bummer. fucking sucks, man. This beer is... That's this is why I pour it into a glass like I oh, do. Oh, shit. I could have got no, you. No, no, no. I'm sorry. No, no. It's no big deal. Um... What was I saying? What were you saying, man? I was just, I was I was getting ready to tee up, tee up a, a story about uh, that YouTube uh, channel you and I were watching oh, yesterday. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, after you left last night, I watched the episode. Um, this is a guy who has a channel where he talks a lot about early 2000s. His name is Finn McKenty, and the channel is called the Punk Rock NBA. Thank you. Yeah. And all that. Yes, thank you. Um so I watched the Ronnie Radke episode after oh, yeah. after uh, you left, and then uh, Jessica, like my my wife, likes uh, Radke maybe more than I do, like especially like his new stuff. Um, for me, it, it, whatever yeah. I, I won't get into it, but um, I learned a bunch of interesting stuff about him, and I was like, yeah, she would love this, but she was kind of like mad at me, so she like even wouldn't even let herself. She, you know, like she, if she would have just. She would have just took my recommendation and sat down and watched it. She would have loved it, yeah. but she couldn't because she was mad at me. Did she not watch it? No. Okay. I thought she like watched it and like forced herself to not like it, but no. I'll well, just put it on again next time you yeah. you know just throw something on there. So if you if you get a text from me in the near future, it's gonna, hey, what's that YouTube channel called again? Punk Rock MBA. What does MBA stand for? I know, I know it. Masters of Business Administration. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's just like slipping, slipping the old mind. Yeah, that was. That good. channel's good though, man. Uh, yeah, there's more on there I want to watch for um, sure. For anybody who's curious, he talks about music. He talks about like uh, mainly like early two thousands music. Um, you know, pop punk, emo, yeah, <laughs> new yeah. metal. He talks about he he did a great video on corn. 
Um, he, oh, that guy makes a lot of really good videos. Yeah. Interesting. Just like, like a snapshot of time, you know? You know, you know, the weird thing for me is, um, when we were, when we were growing up and that music was, um, becoming popular, it was like scene music. That was, that was our scene. Um, it wasn't taken seriously because it was new, you know? It did eventually because it kind of had its moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before that and after that, it's it's still uh, pop punk and power pop and, and emo and the screamo and stuff is, is not uh, in the l- mainstream, really. Um, where was it going with this? Fuck. Yeah, it's, I don't know where you were going, but it definitely is not... It's still oh, around. Go ahead, go ahead. It's just that once you... Once you introduce a new genre of music like that or you make some change and the, the new generation comes up and has their has their you know production um, then those kids become adults to get to, to the point where we are where we're you know many decades uh, distant from when that shit was new brand new but now we're um, in charge to, to a certain extent you know we're the adults now and so we we have Money, right? Money to go see the reunion tours. Money to you know buy MXPX's last two you know self-produced records, uh, and so like you know that's a good example. MXPX is making records now. They probably couldn't do it profitably anymore because they don't have the audience anymore. But he's doing it out of his garage, yeah. and there's enough people like us that are still like shit. MXPX has got a new album. Don't let me into that group. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, there's a there's a an internet term for what you're talking about, and I fucking hate it. Um, Let's hear it. People like I, I see people. It, it was like kind of a meme for a while, but now people like actually call themselves this, and it drives me fucking nuts. Uh, elder emo. Oh God. Yeah, people elder. like really like claim that. Well, it's because now we're old enough to have children. We're elder. We're elder emo. Elder emos. Yeah, what are there younger emos? Is there a new generation of emos? There's like still a mu- an emo music scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what I was gonna say just a second ago when I was like talking because you couldn't think of what you were saying was um, see I'm gonna lose it. Oh, that uh, music. You know, things pop into the mainstream of music and some of it like stays and like kind of leaves its mark on the mainstream. Yeah. Um, and some of it comes into the mainstream and then just goes away and it doesn't really change anything. I wouldn't say that like pop punk scene music didn't change it at all. I do think it changed it a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it did. It did. Not as much as like some other things. See, I appreciate it. I didn't appreciate that as much until... Yesterday, when I watched that dude's um, that dude's the episode, whatever the episode was, we watched where he talked about all these new newfound glory is what we watched. Newfound glory, that's right. Yeah. He was talking about all these new artists that, that were I, influenced by them. And that stuff. I, but I don't know the new artists, so I don't. I didn't realize that there was a continuum that it, that stretched into the present new music that you know, you know owes it, a debt to newfound glory. No, it's just interesting to hear because you know a date I remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you know Four Years Strong? Yeah, of course. Um, what about, well, two of the bands that he named are named after their lyrics. I know you know All Time Love. Yep, sure. Um, the Story So Far? The Story So Far, yeah. that was the other mm-hmm. one. I don't, I don't like either of those bands. Yeah. Um, I like A Day to Remember and Four Years Strong. They're decent enough, but I don't, I don't really ever listen to them anymore. Well, he, he, 
he actually uh, referenced a song that I checked out, and it was fucking good, what dude. Song? I'll, I'll tell you. Hold on a second. Tell me if you know it. I sent it to my wife. It is, survey says, Sueco. S U E C O is the name of the uh, name of the band, and the song is called "Loser." Never heard of it. Oh man, I might have to I might have to boot it up for a second here. Let me see if I can. Wait, it might get us pulled off YouTube. Even if we just play a second of it, maybe yeah, potentially, because they have a like an algorithm thing that just like checks everything that gets uploaded. And, Damn. Yeah. Damn. But it's like um, kind of like Jesus. You know how like hip hop is so mainstream now? It's to, to me, it's like well. You know what? They do do reaction videos. Like, people upload reaction videos, oh, okay. and they don't get pulled down. Sometimes they do, though. That's the thing. Like, people upload, uh, like, Led Zeppelin reaction videos, and Zeppelin is notorious for getting people taken down. Well, what do you think? Dude, you use the internet so weird. What do you mean? <laughs> you just, like... Uh, <laughs> like, when I want to look something up, I go to YouTube, and, yep. I ju- and you just, like, typed it into Google and are going to take a link to YouTube. I don't know why. It just, like, strikes me as strange. You, you would just go to YouTube immediately, and then you would search yeah. it in there. But I, I just know that it's going to be the first result, yeah, so, yeah. you know. I get it. It's just funny to me. All right, so if I boot this up. So you're going to have to go back to uh, the melon screen. Yeah, hold on. I'm trying to pause this to make sure it doesn't play. All right, go back to Melon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to go to Share yep. right there. I'm sure. You just want to do the audio? It's up to you, man. Let Just share the screen. We'll, we'll throw it up here. All right. I do, I do have to share background audio, though. Oh, no, that's not what I want to do. <laughs> We're you working fucks. out the kinks, people. You fucks. All right, here we go. Uh, screen. I think, yeah. Oh, I think you're good. Yeah. No, don't share the entire screen. I think this is it. Yeah, right. You don't want to show people the uh, the T girl site that you're on right now. (laughs) Actually, this isn't working. Fuck it. Fuck it. Also, share tab audio. Click on that. Right. What the? Yeah. There There it is. Also audio. All right. Let's see if it works. I think you need to go back to Uh-oh. show on stream, motherfucker. See, I'm con- I don't understand why it's not coming through the headphones though. Yeah, it's probably so. I, I had to share the background audio. This is a, t- a terrible failure. So we're you just gonna figure pretend. out how to do this better, man. Because I would like to do that kind of stuff. It's yeah, fun. it would be fun. Um, so I don't know if you you guys picked up on any of that from what was coming out of the speakers, but it's one of those like, um, who would you compare it to? Um, do you remember um, who's the dude that did that pop punk album that uh, he was dating uh, Megan Fox? What's his name? Shia LaBeouf. No, no, no. Oh, uh, uh, Machine Gun Kelly. Mach- yes. That sound to me, it's in the vein of a Machine Gun Kelly of the of the white hip hop artist that got, that didn't exist in our in our generation, with the exception of Eminem, and that's a different kind of music altogether. It's that type of a genre of music that I consider beyond me. Like I didn't follow it, and I never didn't like it really at all. And so it's kind of like for me, it's the young people music. That's how old I am. I just let you you can have it. I don't want it. It's fine. That guy seems like that, and I would immediately want to kind of dismiss it. 
But because of that dude on the podcast, that it, you're like, I'm gonna give it a chance. I was like, let me listen to it. And shit, man, it, after like 20 seconds of it, I was like, I'm I in. I, I guess I'm downloaded the album. You yeah. know, interesting. I uh, you should ask your little brother and see if he knows that band. Swaco. Yeah. All right, he probably does. He, probably. You know, he probably I've been known that. Bands. Yeah, he's probably seen him like four times. Probably, yeah. Um, yeah, he goes to a lot of fucking concerts, man. It's crazy. But um, I don't. I'm not. I'm not trying to go to that many concerts anymore. Fuck that. No, the last like there's been two concerts I bought tickets to, and out of like the last five, where I just didn't go. Oh really? Yeah. I was supposed to go see. Um, not suicidal tendencies. Um, it was like an older punk band. It was like a. Or was it Streetlight Manifesto? I remember you were going to see them and didn't go. So yeah, that was, that was one it. of them. That was one of them. There was another one too. Streetlight Manifesto. They got like two good songs, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think personally, I think you probably liked them a little more. Um, you know what? I'm gonna admit to something right now. When it comes to bands like Streetlight Manifesto, there are some songs and some bands like that that I think I like more because I want to. Than because I do, and and I, I know what the what the source of it is psychologically. It goes back to when I first started listening to punk rock, and I felt like I was uh, uh, like I didn't belong. Like I like I I felt like it, I was trying to um, um, make it my music. It wasn't yet my music. You know what I mean? Something like that. I felt like a bit of an imposter trying to be a punk, and I wasn't yet one. You know, when I first started listening you to it, at the height of your punk, you weren't really a punk. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick, but yeah. you were a pop yeah. punk guy. You yeah, know? of course. But I felt like I was an imposter even there. That's like really, you're like <laughs> the imposter of the imposter. You know, yeah. I don't really feel that way. I think it's it's just a it's just a, a trend effect. You know, when punk I was, was too. I mean, when I was that age, I wanted I was trying to you know become my own man and I wanted to pick my own destiny and that was a choice I made yeah. and uh, anyway that's just how I felt honestly and so there's some bands like uh, when I first started listening to punk rock and uh, AFI before AFI had a, a decent album or two because as far as I'm concerned that's all they ever had was a, a <laughs> couple of decent albums I was listening to the old stuff because I, th I thought it was, there was some credibility involved like if you if I liked that and if I liked Rancid, then I was a real punk rocker. And I fucking hate, even to this day, there's very little Rancid I can stand. Yeah, Rancid sucks. Very I little. I don't like Rancid at all. I don't really like punk music, to be honest with you. I mean, here and there, um, I liked pop punk way more than I liked actual punk. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've always been more of a metal guy. You but, know? but there's some, like, act, what, what I'm going to call quote-unquote actual punk that I like. I don't like it as much as pop punk. Yeah. But there's some that I like, and I still kind of like that I like them. I like that I have that, uh, if I ever... You feel like, legit. Yeah. It's still yeah. a weird hangover from being a teenager that I haven't entirely shaken off. It's fucking weird. But at least I can admit it, and that's what I'm doing right now, publicly. Yeah. I, uh... I, I'm sure I have... I know that I have, like, some level of music snobbery. I know mm -hmm. that I do. Um, but... I also like think that I have like less than a lot of people too because I like pop music. I think that pop music is good and it's like intentionally good. You mm -hmm. know, like um Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, I, I like I John Mayer's fucking good. Dude. Fucking love John Mayer. John Mayer's sweet. <laughs> I especially love John Mayer's like uh I mean again, I do like his pop music, but I, I think that his like blues music is really good. Mm. I just think he's a really talented fucking guy. Well, you know, uh, I wouldn't listen to pop music um if it was left up to me, but put my wife and girls to listen to it and um there's shit that I like that comes on that I like. There's, yeah, there's, see, there, there's, there's even shit that's grown on me that I didn't like immediately that I'm starting to like. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I don't know what kind of music you're talking about, but I have a feeling if your wife and daughter are listening to it that I'm I'm probably, like, anti that shit. I mean, I'm it's assuming like, you're talking about, like, female pop stars and things yeah, like, like that. Yeah, like a lot of, like a lot of Taylor Swift and, and Lizzo and... Yeah, uh, no, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not listening to any of that. I, dude, I think Taylor Swift is... Um, a talented girl, man. I think yeah, she's a talented I, I girl. I don't disagree, uh, you know, but I don't really like it. It's oh, not really for me. Not only do I like some of it, but I like some of the like some of her earlier stuff. Like when I probably should have been embarrassed to like Teardrops it. Drops on my guitar type stuff. Yeah, yeah. Also, when John Mayer like Your Body's a Wonderland time, uh, it was not cool at all to like John Mayer if you were a boy. But I fucking like John Mayer back then. Yeah, John Mayer is good. I fuck with John Mayer. <laughs> I fuck with John Mayer. Um, uh, so does Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, he, so he does, gets uh, around, man. There's others. There's other celebrity women. I'm sure there are. I can't think of them. Um, yeah, man. I like talking about music. I would like to do... I like that guy Finn McKenty's channel. I would like to do something like that. You should, man. I don't know what, though. You know? Yeah. You just take. It just takes time. You just have to... First of all, you have to find something that you care enough to... To spend the time on, like yeah. an idea, a concept, and then, then I'd you like to know how in. much time he puts into those videos. You know, good question. I mean, he has like better editing and shit than we would. Yeah, uh, but just like the research part of it, I wonder how long he's putting into that. Well, like it's a good, it's a good question. Like I put, I put in for my solo episodes, I put in probably maybe like. Five hours or so. Uh, well, sometimes more. It, it just depends on how difficult the reading is. Um, but yeah, maybe five or six hours it takes me to, to do an episode. And I'm not doing any video editing. That one, that that dude I told you, the Let's Talk Religion channel, that Swedish fellow that I really like his stuff. Um, he he does it the way I, if I had the time or the resources or the inclination that I would do, especially for the YouTube piece. Uh, where you know he'll be talking just like I am into the camera, and then he'll uh, show uh, the images that are associated with what he's talking about. And he'll go back to Dude, himself, and you could do that so yeah, easy. It's so there. easy, yeah, I know. But it's just another thing to another thing to do. I'd have Dude, to. I'm like, we're gonna figure it out. One, like I know how to do it. I mean, the, your computer is like weird for some reason. It seems like it makes things more complicated. Damn. But um, I'm sure that it's just something pretty easy that. Like I don't understand why the audio is playing out of the computer and not through the headphones. Yeah, because we some settings that you'd be messed with, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you could easily do that, man. Like 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 even even if I was gonna do that for one of my normal episodes, I would have to go in and find all the images that I want to show. And then if I was using this, I would have to uh, you know, screen share through and click through the images as I went along, which is fine. But the time it takes me to find all the images and to and to and to have them available to me in a slideshow, it's like um it's it's probably not that bad, but it's just something that I it's something extra that I would have to do. And uh it's a good idea, but it's just right now, man, it's just really it's hard enough doing what I'm doing and you know, yeah, 
juggling it all. So it is what it is. Yeah, when you get up to uh, like that guy Finn McKenty's level, I'm sure he has people editing his videos. He, yeah. He's probably not doing that himself anymore. Yeah. I could be wrong. I know that some people like to continue doing that stuff, but... I'm sure there's some super cost-effective ways of outsourcing that shit. Oh, yeah. It's just a matter of figuring it out. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people end up just, like, hiring somebody, not even really outsourcing it. I mean, I guess that's still kind of outsourcing it, but, um, you know, like, Rogan has Jamie, uh, mm. things like that. Yep. My my brother would love to be Jamie, our Jamie. You gotta get it. He would love to be. He's just... I mean, he doesn't even have to be here. We could give him... Like this thing, it says here. It says add guest, mm-hmm. and here it says team. He yep. could be uh, he could be the team. He could be on the team, and he like anything we talk about. He could be like, I mean, there's a chat here. He could like like, hey, I put that for you in the thing. Oh shit! All right, well, we gotta train him up. Probably, he's got to be available when we're doing it, though. You know, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not the most reliable in terms of availability. Um, I, I, I wasn't implying all that. Oh, I was. <laughs> another another podcast related news. Um uh shout out to um shout out to Ross. We've got a uh uh Ross the boss. We, we have a, we have a get together scheduled next week uh with a with a listener of the show um which is cool, man. Uh, cool. Somebody's traveling from another country and he's going to he's going to Drop in on us. Have dinner with us and stuff. Uh, that's cool, man. That's um, cool. He's going to listen to this episode at some point, and he's going to be like, eh. hey. and if I could listen, if I could do a Scottish accent right now, I'd try to pretend to be him, but, uh, uh, but secretly, I don't know how thick his accent is. I'm, I wonder if, if it's going to be problematic. Yeah. Some Scottish people have thick-ass accents. It's one of the only European people that I make an exception for, <laughs> yeah. Ross. You know, he gets a pass. And and Daniel, and good old Daniel Thornton. Yeah, he's Australian now, though. Yeah, he's Australian now. He yeah. he's, not, he, he's graduated Graduated and updated onto being Australian, um, which is not much better, but it's better. Than being a European, yeah, yeah, man. What what do you think of um, what's that guy's name, Sunak or whatever, the prime minister over there? The um, uh, fucked if I know, dude. I don't know what you're talking about, Sunak. Yeah, what's that band you just looked up? This is Waco. There's a the, there's a pri- the prime minister. He's um like an Indian fellow uh, of Australia. No, 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 of England. Oh, of, oh, uh, the, oh. of Great Britain. He's the, okay. of the United Kingdom. Whatever the hell it's called. He's the prime minister. Yeah, yeah. What's his name? I, I didn't even know. Anyway, uh, he yeah. Um, I can't think of the damn guy's name. I thought it was Liz Truss. No, or, did you? Uh, Boris Johnson. <laughs> I'm behind the times on the, about, the international politics. What about Jacinda? What's her face from New Zealand? I don't. Oh, Jacinda, do you remember her? Not really. The prime. You don't remember not the, off the top pri- of my head. I'll, I'll refresh your memory. The prime minister of New Zealand, a lady during COVID, who was like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. one of the most draconian, That's right, just evil, evil human people. Yeah, yeah. That that like sparked it into oh, my memory. Yeah, Jacinda. That's Jacinda, yeah. Interesting name. Well, why was I telling you about the? There was something. There was something he said. The Prime Minister of uh, Great Britain. I'm sure he said a of bunch the United of Kingdom. Shit. Damn, I keep saying it. Uh, I had this conversation with Daniel about, uh, or maybe it was, I think so, about the difference between Great Britain and the United Kingdom. Uh, it, I think the United Kingdom, if I'm not mistaken, is like England, Scotland, Ireland. That little area yeah. is the United Kingdom, and Great Britain is all of the the other things that it has had in the past. And, you know, I think it still has some... Like, I think Canada is still kind of, like, part of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't. Uh, not really. Like not really, they're their no. own country, but they're. I think they still. They kept the queen on their money. That's the thing. Uh, yeah, I think there's some kind of tie there. I think that they could like call them back. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it could be hey, like Canada. Yeah. Um, but they wouldn't because why would they? <laughs> I just hate everywhere but America, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah. When I was talking about uh, like, I kind of hate America too. When I was talking about loving Europe, um, there's a lot of places in Europe that are intriguing to me that, and I would like to go, like Liechtenstein, like Spain. I would like to go to see Spain. Um, I would like to go to um, the island of Malta. I'd like to go to the island of Crete. I'd like to go to. I'd like to go to Lucis. I would love to go there to Greece. Um, there's all kinds of places I like to go, but really, I, 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 I don't want there to be a language barrier. I think that would be very difficult. So I mostly just mean English-speaking parts of uh, dude, Europe. You, you know, don't Duolingo. You just start practicing, dude. You know, how, like it would be it takes sp- like five minutes. If I went somewhere, I would much rather not go to a tourist trap area. I'd much rather have a more authentic experience. But that's where you're going to have the hardest time finding people that. That speak English if you're going, you know. Oh yeah, just uh, right. You know, wherever BFE. But if you know somebody, that's the coolest thing, man. If you know somebody like, um, what's that? What's the dude's name uh, that would travel all over the world? Uh, Bourdain. Like Bourdain always had like if he went somewhere, he had an inn. He had an inn. Yeah. And people who spoke the language and took him around, and that always to me sound sounded so much fun, you know. You go to Thailand, but you go with a Thai dude who's taking you all the cool spots. Yep. Thailand. Yeah. If I meet, like, single dudes who are, like, frequent flyers to Thailand, yep. I start to get, like, weird vibes, you know? Yeah. Like, why are you going to Thailand so often, dude? It's weird. What are you doing over there? Yep. How many lady boys? Yeah. And they got real loose, loose sex laws over there in Thailand. I have known a couple of people who went to Thailand too. Really? Yeah. Somebody was didn't ask me. too many questions, you know. Yeah. Um, somebody was telling me a story about this. I'm trying to th- remember. It was a fucked up story. Sure, it was. Um, damn. Somebody was telling me a story about a guy that was going to Thailand. Oh, it was my Uber driver. <laughs> oh, okay. My Uber driver on the way to uh, my wife and I went to see a Browns game. Not long ago, and uh, we took an Uber there with a very not it wasn't even an Uber, it was like a ride service, but it was an Uber. A very, very, very cool, interesting guy, older guy, uh, who was telling us all about his world travels, telling us all about you know, India. He, he went to India and went all over, and uh, he's basically been all over. And he said that uh, because he travels so much, uh, one time he got a, he got connected with some fellow, um, some mutual connection said, oh, you're a world traveler, you would love this guy, he, he's always traveling all over, so he had a brief conversation with this guy who was talking about going to Thailand, and he said the guy was like morbidly obese and like on oxygen and was just like uh, a creepy, creepy dude. And his world travel was back and forth to Thailand. He was just... And, and this guy, this is the Uber driver... So that's exactly the guy that I'm talking exa- about. And this Uber driver said it. He was like, this guy was going to Thailand to, to do, to, you know, terrible things. Yeah. <laughs> and some mutual friend of theirs tried to put these guys together, and he was just like, don't fuck? Don't fucking hook me up with these people. <laughs> don't ever do that oh, again. Oh, my God. Some that's, people, uh, man. Yeah, that's... Uh, Dark, the dark secrets of Thailand, you know. I mean, 
there are parts of Thailand that I, you know, would be interested. I mean, you know, it's a beautiful place. Lots of good food, I'm sure. Yeah. They got elephants and shit. In Thailand? I think they got elephants. Asian elephants, yeah. They got spicy food. I know that much. Yeah. Yeah, I would go. It's just a long flight, man. It's the I same, don't really want to go. It's same, the same thing if we, like if we went to Australia. It's just exhausting. Traveling's terrible, man. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of places in the United States that I st- that I would haven't gone, you know, haven't been yeah, to and would too. like to. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, my grandparents took me to the uh, the Great Serpent Mound. It never been down in Ohio. Yeah, but uh, I would like to go to it again. I know it's uh, they have like a tower you can climb up, but it's not super easy to see the ser- the serpent. Yeah. You know, it's like just like a bunch of fucking grass. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I read that book, um, that Hancock book, where he was talking about uh, America before, and he was talking about Serpent Mound and how old it might be, based on the alignment of uh, whatever it is, like the sunrise or the sunset on the equinox, and it, and it comes right down in the where the oh, ma- yeah. where the mouth of the serpent is. You know, it comes right so, down. So, if I remember correctly, there's like two like hills or something, and the sun on the solstice sets like right between them, right at the head of the snake. Yeah. Yeah. And he said that the parks service has let it all get overgrown, so you can't see that. It's not obvious at all. So he had what? to he had to fly his drone up there to get the to get the view of it. But if you're just going to see it, you would never see you never see it. That's you know? fucking stupid. Yeah. Dropping the ball, park service. I don't even know where it is. I know it's like Southern Ohio somewhere. Yeah, it's definitely Southern Ohio somewhere. Uh, wherever it is, they need to get their shit together. Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you like maintain something that um, cool? He says that it's he kind he kind of implies that yeah it's, they do want they don't want people to yeah, know and they're covering it up yeah of course yeah, he does he kind I of, mean you know I, I don't implies. know he might be right I think Occam's razor people are fucking lazy and stupid you know but especially government people you know so what do you think about Ross coming to visit what do you want to ask what do you want to talk to him about um. The history of Scotland and how they were bad motherfuckers back in the day. I don't. I don't know. I wonder if he's a history buff. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Um, I know he's a, a therapist of some kind. I want to. I want to ask him about that. Ask him for a session. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I wonder if the, all the sh- shit I talk about young is was any of a the the, the mutual uh, interest. Like, I don't know. As a therapist, maybe, maybe could be. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. You wanna? Uh, we we did this podcast. We had a, a topic in mind, and uh, we've eschewed it for over an hour at this point. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. No. Go ahead. In, intro the uh, topic. I mean, it's just everything that's been going on, current events wise. It's been two weeks since we recorded. Uh, so last week, it was a week ago today. I woke up and saw that. You know, something had gone down between Israel and uh, Palestine, well, Gaza, you know, <laughs> the uh, the Palestinian Arabs in Gaza, um, you know, and it's been dominating the news cycle, understandably, Yep. Uh, for the last week, so, just, you know. Might as well talk about might it. Might as well talk about yeah. it. It's a lot to talk about, you know. It's like some serious shit that's going down. Yeah. I don't know how worried um, we should be, or I should be, um but I'm 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 more concerned, you know. Yeah, I'm. 
I'm not like really concerned right now, but excuse me. I am concerned that um, in the future we could have to be concerned, you know? Yeah. That this might be like the uh, the Archduke Franz Ferdinand getting uh, capped. That's kind of what I mean, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the spark that lights the fuse. Yeah, so I mean at the moment, the way the news spins it, and I'm not following it super carefully because uh, it's depressing, but... Uh, but it sounds to me like we have uh, the United States has one aircraft carrier nearby, near Lebanon, another one on the way. Uh, Iran's already um, making public statements about their displeasure of the encroachment mm. and already threatening um, or trying to provoke um, more attacks from multiple fronts. So that could include from you know from Lebanon or from from Egypt or from who 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 knows you know. Um, So that's kind of where we are. It's it's, it's precarious if uh, if Iran uh, is going to call our bluff, if we're going to call theirs, uh, if you know, if it's going to ignite and become expanded beyond Israel. I don't know, man. Yeah, just that. Those are my main concerns with it as well. And I think that they're made. I don't know. They're exacerbated by the politicians that we have here in the United States who fucking love a good war. And, um, yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, like people have been rattling the saber at Iran for a long time. Yeah. You know, uh, Iran has been on the cusp of having nukes for like 50 fucking years. You know, yeah. they've almost had a nuke for like 50 years. Uh, you know, at some point you have to wonder, is it bullshit? Do they not have, uh, you know, um, yeah. but yeah, I don't, I don't personally think we should go to war with Iran. I think that'd be a terrible, yeah, war would be, war would be terrible. Yeah, absolutely would be terrible. It's not, not ideal. It's something we should, we want to avoid if we can avoid it. We're not in a good, I mean, not that this should be like the main deterrent for going to war, but like we as a country, we're not in shape to go to war. Yeah. We got a lot of problems, you know, yeah. um, you know, the first world war and the second world war. We came out of those better, you know, like we were doing, I mean, we lost a bunch of people too, but, you know, we came into them late and we gave, you know, we gave out loans and we gave people, people bought a lot of shit from us. So we, at the end of the war is, you know, yeah, we did all right for ourselves, uh, especially the first one. I think that was the case. Like, yeah. I think we were doing all right. Um, like the first world war, like kind of made us a superpower. Right. Yeah. Um, and the second one, I think, had a, a little bit more of a deleterious effect, I think is the word I'm looking for. Just don't ask me to spell it. Yeah, I think I could probably spell it. But, uh, you know, but I think that it would not be the case with this one. I think that we are in... And that's, like, one of the reasons that I... Again, like, I don't think we... We have problems that we should fix here. We don't need to be fucking playing World Cup. Yeah, for sure. I know what you mean. Um, I think the strangest thing that I've seen, um, and I, this is not my observation. This is uh, something I've seen many people say. Um, and it's the reaction that you're seeing from uh, the, the protests the, the, among liberals, like especially what we're seeing in, on a lot of the college campuses and things like that, where you have these pro-Palestinian demonstrations among young liberal people. And, um, and so, again, people have been saying, for the last several years, we've been hearing nothing from the left other than 
the, the conservatives, the, the right-wingers are Nazis. How terrible. They're, they're the, low, the scum of the earth Nazis. And by that we mean, what, 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 what do we mean by that? Why are Nazis the scum of the earth? Can, can you answer that question for me? It's, I'm not, this isn't a trick question. This is very obvious. Why do we consider being a Nazi such an insult? What is it that, that the Nazis did that, uh, that, that made people in history reflect so poorly on them? Um, they had really nice uniforms. Like, Hugo Boss. like a jealousy thing, you know? They killed, I don't know how many million Jews. How many, do you know the number? I don't remember. I don't know the number. So. That's the thing. De- I don't know the number. Death camps. Six million is the number. Six million and uh, genocide. That's the great sin of the Nazis, right? There's lots of other things you could say, but that's the one that, that, that sticks sticks with us, right? So they've been calling conservative people Nazis as the worst possible sin. And now there are people celebrating the death of Jewish people, and it's the same exact people that have been calling conservative Nazis. And I think, I don't know what I think. I've said before on the show many times that, that the lefties have given up the the idea that there's shame in being contradictory. Yeah. Right? So they don't even care anymore. It's like a tool, it's, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, they'll say whatever they want and need to, and they will shame you for whatever they want and need to, you know? It's like, I'm rubber, you're glue, you know? <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'm with you. It, it, that is weird. You're, um, yeah, you're, you're a Nazi if you want... You know, people. I'm just so used to being called a Nazi at this point on the internet that I don't really, you know. Well, yeah. That, I mean, it's definitely lost its uh, impact. You know, when that when people first started throwing that around, have you been called a Nazi on the internet? Uh, the close. I don't think so. No. I don't. Maybe. Maybe not. The close. The closest I was was uh, this one dude on uh, on Twitter that was like on a fucking rampage for a while. Sam. We we talked about him before. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that He guy. was on a fucking rampage. He was on a woke Stupid rampage. Bastard. Stupid bastard. Just dumb as a bag of hammers. But, yeah. Um, no, I, I've definitely I've definitely been called a Nazi because of, you I, know, yeah. reasons. Um, but, and like right now, I, I mean... Nobody's particularly, like, directly called me a Nazi, but I'm not, like, the most sympathetic guy in the world to Israel. You know, like, I don't... I think that what happened is bad. Mm. I, I think it's terrible anytime you kill... It. Here, that's the thing. I think it's terrible anytime you kill innocent people. Yes. Anytime. anytime. Yes, correct. So what is going on now? I don't. I can't sign off on Israel like bombing the fuck out of Gaza, um, and a bunch of people would give you a bunch of reasons why that's stupid. But I just don't. They don't make any sense to me. No, listen. I think you're. I can't disagree with you. I think it's. Um, oh, look at you. I think. Fucking I think it man. is. I think it is uh, obviously terrible anytime innocent people are are killed, and that clearly that's happening on both sides of this conflict. But the question is... It's lopsided. Let's be honest. It's way lopsided. Well, it will be before it's over. I don't know. No, it is now. I don't... Yeah, I don't know any of the, I any of the facts, so I don't, I don't know. I do. No, I trust you. I just... I don't... I just... I'm not it's keeping up It's fucking lopsided. It. Yeah. Yeah. Lots more Palestinian people are dead. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but here, here's my here's my um, here's my question to you. You have to respond when something like that happens. So what would you do to respond? Like, part of me wants to wants to say something like this. If it's possible to be the, the nobler person, to be the bigger person, to recognize a terrible tragedy as a sunk cost and to realize that two wrongs don't make a right and to, uh, you know, refuse to retaliate, to turn the other cheek like Jesus said, something like that. Um, and if you do that, you might win over the hearts of people by example, which is great, but you also might put more confidence in in the terrorists and uh, in, in the terrorists themselves to continue. Like we're succeeding now, we're yeah. getting away with this. Why not continue? Why not continue to make strides? So you're not putting up an obstacle to prevent them from. What do you do? What do you do? That's what I'm asking. Um. I think that Israel would buy a lot of good faith with the Palestinian people, some Palestinian people, if they responded with a light touch, you know? I think that they would gain a lot of favor with a lot of people uh, outside of Palestine, for sure. Um, Maybe not enough for the AOCs in the world. Um, I think that they're still going to criticize them. Yeah. But well, I think a lot of people, if 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 Israel was like, we're gonna, we're not going to flatten Gaza like people have been calling for. Um, I think that that might go a long way, but they're not. It's not what they're going to do. They're going to flatten Gaza. Yeah. So, I guess what I would say is, what is a what would be a slight touch. You go in with like a surgical operation where special forces go in and try to free captives and assassinate um, the groups responsible. Now that they've scattered back into the population and are un- indistinguishable from innocent civilians, I like, think you plug the hole. You know, uh, you you get the people out, which th- I think they have at this point. Um, and then, yeah, you you like open an, an investigation and you try to find the people who are responsible. And if you find those people, you deal with you don't deal with those people with a light hand. You deal with those people with a very heavy hand. I'm all for that. But I don't. I'm not for this idea of like flattening Gaza and killing a bunch of innocent people. Um, and I, I do think that that would. That would buy them a little bit of a, a little bit of good karma or something, you know. Yeah. But it's not. It's not what's going to happen. But it's if, not what's happening. If it did, if they did do that, if they did respond that way, um, I think it wouldn't affect the socio-political environment. Like it wouldn't. It wouldn't cause the people who are extremists to be any less extreme. To, to be the bigger man in that situation is not it wouldn't change anything um N- not not that this is going to change anything but maybe no, this I is don't gonna know. make it worse what's what's happening is going to it's like a ping pong ball man since like uh 
You know, it's like right after, it's before, the Zionists started moving to Palestine before World War II. Right. But, um, you know, that's like really when things, when the state of Israel became a state, you know, that's when stuff really started to get hot there. Um, maybe a little bit before that, but you know what I mean. Like that, that's when stuff really picked up, you know, like the six day war, that was all after the state of Israel was established. And it's like a ping pong ball, you know, it's like these, you know, the, the, the Israelites do this, the Palestinians do this, the Israelites do this, the Palestinians do this. And it's like a Hatfield McCoy situation. You know, it's like, they just bouncing this ping pong back and ping pong ball back and forth, making it worse and worse and worse and worse. And I don't know, man. I I think that maybe if if Israel was like, look, we can flatten you. We can. I mean, Israel has the. They could easily just destroy all of Gaza, you know. Um, we could do that, but we're not going to. Uh, I think that that. I think that that would change. Maybe not completely, but it, I think it would make some people. It would give some people pause, um, and especially outside. Because if, like, if that's what Israel did and then they did another attack like that, I mean, the rest of the world would kind of be like, okay, you know, it's like you're, you know, you're asking for it. Even if they they did, tried to be, yeah. you know, um, and people kind of act like that Israel does that, but Israel doesn't do that. Israel's very rough with the Palestinian mm. people. Um, it's fucked up, man. Like, I'm not... I. If, if I was in charge of things in, in America, which is laughable, I know, yeah, but yeah. Uh, if I was calling the shots, I would I would not help either side. I would be like, we're out of this. We don't. I don't want any part of it. The only way that I will be involved is facilitating diplomacy between yeah. you two. That's it. No, I no that part I agree with. Let me, let me ask you a question. If what happened to those Jewish families on the border of Gaza, if 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 that happened here, if it was your house where that that happened, would you would you think differently about Netanyahu's response? You know, if your child was, if your daughter was taken, and you don't know what happened to her, if your family was killed, your I'm mother, sure that I wouldn't. You would you wouldn't what? I'm sure that I would feel the exact same way. As I'm sure there wouldn't be any difference between me. Uh, I don't know. I, Maybe maybe I would be able to maintain my, you know, a, a level head. But yeah, I think if my my family died, that yeah, I would be pissed off. But it's like the, Israel's doing the same thing, and has been doing the same thing for a hundred years at this point. You know. So what's the solution, man? I don't think the solution is acting like Israel is the victim all the time. I don't think that's it. I mean, you know, yes, they were the victim right now. Yeah. There was just something done that was, that they were the victim. But you can't act like Israel doesn't have their responsibility in this. You can, yeah, and yes. people want to. Every, dude, so many people in this past week have just ruined their credibility with me. Lots of people I will never be able to take seriously again. Ben Shapiro, like chief among them. Really, Jordan Peterson a little bit too, man. Uh, I have, what has he said? I don't know. He's just like he refuses to like acknowledge the history between these two groups, and you know I, I just don't. Ben Shapiro is the worst, man. Like, well, let me let me tell you an angle that I see on this. If I can, 
I can kick it back up here. I just had it a minute ago. <laughs> um, it's it's gone. It'll come back. It, it popped in and out of my head more than once already. It'll come back if we keep talking. It's flickering. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know, but for being like Mr. Facts don't care about your feelings, I don't know if you've watched any of Ben Shapiro over this last week, but he is like the most emotional human being on the planet right now. It's embarrassing. I watched uh, the first episode he did after this happened, but that was it. It was, it, And he did nothing but show pictures and video clips from uh, the, the Palestinians, um, from Hezbollah and the Palestinians on social media. And it was pictures of the most terrible shit you've ever seen. And he was just, and he was, and Ben Shapiro was showing it, and he said, "This is terrible." He wasn't emotional; he was very, very stoic. But he kept, he kept showing them and saying, I'm, "I want, I'm, I want, I'm showing you this not because I want to, not because I, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying this, because people need to see what's happening, and people need to understand this is why what's coming is coming. This is why, this is why we're gonna kill a. They killed these innocent people. That's oh. why we're gonna kill a bunch of innocent people. Yeah, yeah, fuck it." Homo. Yeah, it, it popped in my head and then it popped out again. But it was something along those lines. Um, it popped out again. It did in and out. Yeah, it's just flickering. Fucker. It happens to me constantly. Uh, yeah. Um. Whatever. It'll come back. It'll come back as we're talking. Shapiro, man. Yeah. No, I don't. The way that I see him as being emotional is him like melting down because his opinion doesn't have 100% support from everyone all over the place. It's like, dude, people are allowed to fucking disagree with you, especially with as complicated an issue as I will acknowledge that this is, that a lot of a lot of people like Ben Shapiro won't. No, this isn't... People are allowed to disagree with you, man. Like, this has been a long thing. You can't pretend like your side hasn't done anything wrong because they 100% have. Yeah. Um... So and he, but he refuses to admit that, dude. And the fact that anybody at all is questioning whether or not we should support Israel, he's like, "You're anti- you're all anti Semites. You're all but you all a bunch of Jew haters." He's lo- he's like melting down, dude. It's fucking embarrassing. I have to I have to watch him again and see. I what don't he's I have zero respect for Ben Shapiro. Not that I had a lot in the yeah. first place. So I, I remember what I was trying to get to now, and it was, um, you know, like when you're having an argument with somebody, and you say. Uh, you did you did this thing and it it hurt my feelings, and then they say to you, "Oh, but you did this 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 and this." You ever have those arguments where you're where you're you know in good faith yeah. in good faith you're saying, "Hey, this 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 is something you did that that you know for the sake of us needs to change." And rather than admitting, "Okay, you might have a point," let me think about that. People's immediate instinct is to say, "But you," as though as though it 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 wipes away any responsibility they have for the wrong that they've done because you did X Y Z. That drives me fucking nuts. Yeah. That is a logical fallacy. That is not a way of arguing or making any uh, making any uh, good relationship with anybody. You're not you're you're avoiding the conversation. Really, is when, when you do that. And um, there's lots of people when you know people like this. They're like the worst fucking people. The people that always insist on turning it back around on you. It, it, you know. And I bring this up because this is what happens with the Hatfield McCoy's Israeli-Palestinian thing. You know? I did this. Oh, yeah, but you did the other thing. So, you know, we're totally justified in doing our thing. Yeah, but before that, you did the thing. And back and forth. And this is, this is the thing that we're doing. And, and I, what, what I like to... The angle that I'm trying to get at is... 
why don't we look at every instance, every action as completely isolated? Then we can then we can have a more objective moral judgment. We say, what happened here with Hamas attacking is these Israeli border towns in isolation, outside of the historical con- context, outside of the whole litany of you, but yeah, but you, but yeah, but you. When we get out of that and we look at what happened morally, Hamas is is the devil incarnate for what happened. There, there's no other way uh, about it. Why they did what they did? If we take that out of the equation, what they did was terrible, beyond words, beyond comprehension. I get what you're saying, but I just don't. I, it's not as simple as being able to do that. It should be, though. I don't know that it and should. And it should be the same when you're arguing with your wife or when you're arguing with somebody well, else. I, that's different, though, because that's like intrapersonal relationships. You know, that's like person on person. I don't think it's the same when you're talking about like groups of people, nations and uh, ethnicities and things like that. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think it, I just think it's more complicated than that. It, it is. It is more complicated than that. And I, and I don't know why, that's or, why what, or what's going on at that level. That is kind of, I mean, I do agree with you. And I think that that kind of plays into the thing I was saying about Israel like be the be the bigger group of people be like we could we could flatten gaza we are about to they're about to it's gonna happen um but we're gonna we're not going to you know don't fucking do that again or we will but uh yeah like like i said we're gonna i mean i think that the point of doing this was to get they want like a, a situation with like Jocko in um, like Fallujah or wherever the fuck he was in Iraq where you are like, like what's the word I'm looking for? Urban, like urban warfare, mm. warfare like kicking in doors. Mm. You know, it's like dangerous. That's like yeah. the worst possible position that you yeah. could be in. A lot of people are going to They want hurt. the IDF to like come in there because they stand a way better chance that way. Um, so I, I think that there's something to that. Mm. I mean, there's a bunch of funny shit about all of this. I mean, have you heard that Egypt warned Israel that that, <laughs> that there was something going on? Yeah, I, I kind of vaguely remember hearing something about that. So in advance of the attack, yeah, they were like something big is happening. They like that's the 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 wordage that I heard. Something really? big is going on. Um, and you also hear people talk about that border between Gaza and Israel being like one of the most sophisticated um, like border areas in the entire, maybe the yeah, most in the yeah, entire world. Mm-hmm. Like frequently they'll have, they'll send IDF forces out to like investigate a part of the wall. And like a squirrel is like, like, like storing nuts. And you know, it's like, yeah. it's that, you know, that sensitive. And somehow the Palestinians drove a bulldozer through it and like ran a bunch of people through it and like it took them hours to mm. seems fishy dude yeah they said there was like some kind of sophisticated cyber attack yeah that, that it had to be Iran it, you know Iran yeah. had to have been involved because yeah. yeah I don't know man I think it's it seems I'll just say it seems fishy like I like I did just say mm. um, so I, I, it's interesting to explore the idea that this whole thing might be a distraction or something else is going on that this is covering up, you know, that's an interesting idea. Like what, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think I know what you mean. 
but there's something else that I want to I want to play devil's advocate with you because you do it with me sometimes, and I'm I, I just inside I'm smiling at the idea that I get to do it to you right now. Um, so you remember when the whole Ukraine Russia thing first started? You kind of had an interesting uh, and still do I think have a, a, a interesting but not non um, uh, mainstream view of the dynamics and what's going on there right uh, right now. And one of the things you said is um, that Russia has a valid um, concern about the security of their uh, sphere of influence and with the whole UN encroaching on them that that is a kind of an obvious threat it's not even a cloaked threat it's it, it's a, it's a threatening thing that you know the, this group continues to, to inch in on your on your uh, buffer zone basically and that Russia has some valid concerns about being worried about that and wanting to defend themselves or try to, or try to restore that buffer or whatever uh, if you can see where I, maybe if you can see where I'm where I'm going with this you said Russia was justified or maybe justified in having that feeling. Meanwhile, in Israel, you have the Gaza, which is filled with enemy combatants, essentially. And they're right there. And if they say, if they say because of what happened, we have to now come in and remove all of these enemy combatants and take this piece of land. They have, maybe they haven't said that yet, but probably this is going to happen. Gaza is going to become part of Israel again. They're going to remove everyone from, from that land and create that buffer again for their own safety. Like, you know, now we have, now we have enemy combatants encroaching right down onto our border. Similar, I'm just trying to make the parallel between the, the UN creeping in on Russia and the, uh, you know, militant Islamic people so creeping if, in on if Israel is Russia, yeah, in that, yeah, that it is, yeah, yeah. Okay, what is Gaza? I mean, is Gaza the UN? It maybe, um, yeah. I mean, you see how that doesn't track, right? Like the UN, the combined forces of the UN would fuck Russia up. I mean. You know, like maybe not in an invasion type. Although I think, like, you could argue that that we would. You know, mm-hmm. like Germany, Great Britain, the United States, France. I think that you could make an argument that we we would probably come out victorious if yeah. we went into full out war, except yeah. for the fact that they have nukes. You know, that so, makes things tricky. No, I, I see the point. But go ahead. But yeah, Gaza is not the UN. It's, it, you're and right. Gaza you're, is in the position that they're in because of Israel. The UN is not in the position that they're in because of Russia. Right. What, what about this? What about thinking about uh, if we're going to make Gaza the UN in this analogy, and we know UN is greater, bigger than just U- Ukraine. So you're talking right? about like Iran and shit? The whole, the whole Muslim world. Yeah. We, we could just say, I mean, in, in the world, the wars that happened between uh, Egypt and Israel and basically the, I don't know what, uh, what other uh, countries were involved in the 70s. There was a couple of them, right? A couple of those wars. Um, there was multiple... Islamic countries you got all around Israel. Egypt, Lebanon, Jordan, Iran, um, right. I think Syria to some extent too. Right. So imagine that Gaza is an extension of that. Then you have a closer analogy to the UN thing. Then you're, I mean, Israel's already surrounded, really. In terms yeah. of, and I, I don't mean that in any kind of negative way. I just mean from an Israeli perspective, they're surrounded by hostile powers. You know. I wonder why. why. Why does everyone around you not like you so much, man? What is that all about? It's a great question. It is a good question. Is it? 
is it racism? Is I it? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think it's that. I mean, an argument could be made, and not a weak one, that the that the Arabs and the Persians hate the Jews because they're not Arabs or Persians. Yeah, and it, that doesn't really explain the fact that Jews lived with them for a long time and they didn't dislike the Jews. You know, did Jews did, Jews did, and Arabs? Didn't they? No, they didn't. One hundred percent. Jews and Arabs. One hundred percent. That's the truth. Jews and Arabs lived together in that area for a long time. Right. Jews live in Iran now, and they are fine. Is Did Jews, you know that? Is Jews in Iran? 100%. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I did, I did you're know. Li- you're like, I feel like you're not taking it seriously. What I'm saying is 100% no, no. true. Oh, no, Jews, I know, I know they, that. They got along, but at a certain point, when the Zionists like started importing people and taking land from people, they got pissed off. Does that like not make... Does that, if that happened to you, don't you think that you would be pissed off? Yeah, see, like the, now we're getting into waters too deep for my understanding, but but the story I heard is that largely the Zionists purchased land from from Palestinians, and and what happened was after there was enough buildup of the population where they started getting political clout, um, then and started improving the land, then the Arabs that had been that had sold their land or had been moved off of their land then wanted the land back now that it's valuable it so part of it is that way but you have to like think about people who are selling in duress and things like that it's not like uh i don't think all of those transactions were on the up and up that's true yeah for sure and also it wasn't all that way back then it was the uh the palestinian mandate it was like it was great britain right you know right um and they it was, the Balfour Declaration was like, yeah, you guys can have a part of that um, because the Arabs who lived there were, you know, they were under the thumb of the British. Dude, the Arab people got fucked in that situation. I don't know. I don't know how much you know about World War One and them, you know, getting shipped off to die for a bunch of fucking European countries that they didn't have any allegiance to. Yeah, but they had to. They had to go and kill each other. Uh, kill people because, like, the allies, you know, both sides had Arab, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what the word is, like, co- I, I don't know, colonies, for lack of a better word. And they, they like, sent them to kill each other before they would send their people to yep. die in that area, you know? Yeah. So they had to kill each other, and then both sides were making them promises, and neither no nobody delivered on those promises, and they delivered for the Jewish people— you know, like the Jewish people got a state out of it. They were there. It was their home. Mm-hmm. And they got fucked out of their home. Like, Yeah, that did happen. Absolutely. That, that happened to Mishti's family. It seems like I understand why they're mad. Yeah. But I just think the, the yeah, but you did, yeah, but you did thing. I just think that that's, that, that makes it impossible. What is, to, what in, in this like, in this scenario where they stopped doing that, how do the Palestinian people, how do they come out whole? Well, so one thing, like what happened in the United States, as an example, uh, we had a bunch of people from different countries that learned to become American. 
We had, um, we had a bunch of people that were slaves that learned to become American when they were freed. They became part of America and American. And so what we had was a melting pot of not just racial but social you know, hierarchies blending together to become um, you know, something new. You think that the Gaza, the Palestinian people, the, the Palestinian Arabs should become Jews? Um, I think that, I think that the, Palis- the Palestinian Arabs... And the Jews um, should learn to live together, and then learn to, and then learn to, uh, and then start interbreeding, and then become one, and then become one new thing, and then become a Israeli-Palestinian country with representation in the government from both. That will never happen. But why is it? Is it because of race or because of religion, or is it because it of is re- actually? I do think it is about race. So now you're now you're flip flopping, but go ahead, please. No, I'm not flip flopping. Yeah, I think that it's about race, but not. I think it's particularly about race on one side. The, the Israeli people, the Jewish people, are never going. It's not going to happen. You don't think? Um, you don't think in in the absence of hostility that Arabs and Arab Jew, uh, Arab Muslims and Jews living together in Israel wouldn't. Wouldn't be boyfriend no. and girlfriend. Wouldn't wouldn't start to, over time. I don't think it would be allowed to happen. And is that because of race or religion? Is it because of both? I think it goes hand in hand. I think the Jewish people. I think that Jewish people and Judaism, like the race and the religion, go hand in hand more than any other religion in the world. Yep. It's so fucked up, man. Because. Because there there has been Semitic people in that part of the world forever, you know. Arabs into, are Semitic people. Into deep antiquity, right. And they're cousins, and they believe, according to the Quran, that they are cousins, that they, that they have a common ancestor in Abraham. And, you know, yet there are people on both sides of that conflict that want the other side to no longer exist. Man. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that there are no, there would be no cross-pollination, if you will. But yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that it would happen like, like that. Like the the, the biggest ticking time bomb in political dynamics in the world might be, um, the Alaska Mosque or, or the Temple Mount. You know, like something could happen with that. That could could easily cause. Um, an international conflict that could become maybe the worst we've ever seen. That one spot, you know, because of the, all of the tensions and all the history. And how do you solve that problem? How do you how do you defuse that bomb? Because it feels like a bomb to me. It feels like a bomb to me. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine a future. Imagine a time where the Arabs and the Jews in, in that part of the world have blended together, and so, you know. Whether they whether they their religions blend together or whether they keep them separate makes no difference. Imagine a time when when a Muslim and a Jew could walk in and pray in that place, you know, a, as equals and peacefully. And like that, a world like that would defuse that bomb. You know, how do we get there? I don't know, but That's it would. A good question. But it would defuse that. Bomb. I think um, a step a step to getting to there might be that light touch that I was talking about, but that ain't what's going to happen. 
Israel's going to flatten Gaza as a, a that's you know the terminology that keeps getting tossed around, All, and like not with any kind of shame either. Like people are like flatten Gaza, turn it into glass, yeah. make it a parking lot. Um, that's what's going to happen. Do you think- and we're going to be involved. We're going to be giving them money and materials and you know support in whatever ways we can hopefully we don't get involved boots on the ground oh jesus but um who knows man a lot of the wars that we have been involved in in the middle east have been kind of at the behest of of israel israel you know they want us to beat everyone around them into submission so that they maintain their hegemony in the region So the only part of that that's hard for me to swallow is the fact that they're the minority in the region. Uh, yeah. Uh, how does... Th- would you say that, that Israel is not the hegemon in the Middle East? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if you- I would. <laughs> I don't have like any hesitation about it either because like the last week has been the most obvious... If you're fucking with Israel, you're not just fucking with Israel. You're fucking with the United States. Yeah. And would you say that if we dropped the United States right next to the Middle East, that the United States would be the hegemon? And considering that we are the hegemon, period. Yeah, we would be. Yeah. Yeah. So Israel, by default, is the hegemon in that area. That's what you mean. Nobody's fucking with Israel unless they want a fight with which. Makes everything right now even more, you know, precarious. But they are fucking with Israel. They're nonstop fucking with Israel. Just, just like it's, hap- it's happening on both sides. I, I admit that. But, you know, constantly. There's constantly, you know, ro- rockets coming into Israel. Constantly. Yeah, none of them land. I mean, it's, you know, very few. Very rarely does anything seriously happen to Israel, you know. Uh, because they are like much more advanced, you know. They've got like some serious defense shit. Although, from my understanding, they got some problems. You know, like that. Yeah. Uh, we've talked before about the like comp- the coming competency crisis, mm. and apparently Israel is gonna be feeling that just like everyone else. Uh, like apparently, like fifty percent of their military is female. Like fifty plus percent of it is female. Oh shit! Not good. Not good. <laughs> oh boy! Imagine how much. The Middle East could benefit not only from peace, but from trade and interacting with with a first world power like Israel. And I'm not saying that that you know, like for instance, Turkey and Egypt and Iran have all had like in the '60s were like you know liberal uh, places with booming development and lots of potential, and uh, you know. The, the religious, uh, the strict religious stuff and the totalitarian stuff was not at all like it is today. Like, it could have went a different direction. The, those There's certain countries there that could have been, you know... You know why that happened? No. Not, uh, well, just, uh, just the... Uh, my only explanation to that is the rise of the Islamic... Um, um, the caliphate, the the sort of one or... One or um, yeah, but you don't know why that no, happened? Uh, no, uh-uh. Tell me. It was, uh, imagine this, it was outside involvement. It was meddling from the outside, propping up things to destabilize the region. Hamas, Israel created Hamas. 
because the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, which was the like the rebels in the area, I don't know, like 30 years ago or something. No, not even that long ago. I think it was like early 2000s when Hamas formed. So up until then, they were like fairly liberal as far as Muslims go. And Israel, the, the Likud party, which Netanyahu is a member of, they created Hamas. They Hamas. They created Hamas. They funded Hamas to be like a counteracting force in that, you know, that Palestinian community to like destabilize. It's like the same thing we do with. So they organized a militia of Arabs. Yeah. To fight against other Arabs. To the Palestinian Palestine, the PLO, mm-hmm. because I'm having a hard time talking, was the organization like Hamas in that area, and they were like giving them problems, you know? So they were like, all right, we're going to give you someone that you have to contend with. Mm. And eventually, um, I think because Muslims are, you know, just kind of like generally kind of based individuals, you know, the uh, the conservative ideas kind of won over there, you know? Now Hamas is replaced the PLO. And now Israel's dealing with Hamas. And it's, you know, it's a monster that you created just like we do all the time with Al-Qaeda, ISIS, you mm. know, the Taliban. We left all that shit in Afghanistan. <sighs> Who knows when the Taliban's going to be a problem again? Yeah. Boy, and oh it's going to be because of us. It's a fucking disaster, dude. The whole thing's a shit show. And that's my biggest frustration with all of this is that people like Ben Shapiro and fucking Dave Rubin, that baby thief Dave, Ru- Dave Rubin, they want to act like... It's clear as fucking day that we should be supporting Israel. It's not clear as day that we should be supporting Israel. I don't I don't see it that way. And you can call me an anti-Semite. You can, you know, you can call me a Nazi. Whatever you want, man. That's fine with me. Because I can't act like I don't see the other side of it. Because I'm worried about you calling me names. I, fuck that, dude. Mm. It's a disaster, man. Like, I, I only see two solutions to this problem. One of them is um, terrible, which is the elimination of one side. It's terrible. And without the support of the West, I think that the side that wins that is, is uh, not, 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 the, not, is, not Israel, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, and it may take a long time. Israel's got a powerful army, you know, and yeah. it may take a long time, but I think their days would be numbered. Um, so, so either... Uh, the state of Israel goes away at some point in the future, and the and the Arabs um, found you know redivide that that however they do, and maybe peace or something is reestablished. But then, but then what of the Jews? Then what of the Jews, man? Uh, there's been some some theory going around that everything going on in Ukraine, that uh, Ukraine may be like being eyed as like the new Jerusalem. You know, the new Israel. Oh, geez. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, I don't know how much you follow these things, but uh, a lot of the people who are involved in the Ukraine side of things, I mean, it's like, I, I don't know if you've been paying attention no. here, but like a lot of, lot of dual citizenship going on in Congress, in Senate, in oh. lots and lots. The Senate, the Secretary of State, Blinken, like he just came out and said something like, I'm a Jew, you mm-hmm. know, like. I heard him. I heard him, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. That doesn't make me feel, you know, but it's like the same thing. There's a guy, his name is Kolomoisky, uh, is his last name. I can't remember his first name, but mm-hmm. he's a Jewish feller. 
you know, lots of ties to Israel. Zelensky's a Jewish guy, Jewish guy. Oh. Um, but yeah, there's uh, I heard I've heard some things like that that uh, that might be like the escape plan, get everyone to the Ukraine, mm. which is funny because that's where they fucking came from. Yeah, the diaspora. Boy, it's a, it's a fucking disaster, man. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, if 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 the Arab Muslims were triumphant and destroying uh, Israel off the map, like we hear, you know, Iran threatening and and so forth, that's one potential like end to this. Even though I think that's, I don't. What that entails is horror that I can't I can't even imagine. Don't want to consider. The other solution to this is the one I one I mentioned, the melting pot solution, the uh, the you know overcoming your religious differences and 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 forming a uh, bond, uh, a national bond, you know, and having Israeli Arabs being just as proud to be Israeli Arabs as Israeli Jews, you know, and have something like that. That also could be could be a solution to the problem. Yeah, I. Um I don't know, man. I I said earlier that I don't think that that would happen. And I don't know. Maybe I was a little... I do think that that could happen. But I think it would be very hard. And I think that the Ben Shapiro's of the world want you to believe that the Palestinians are the reason why that wouldn't work. I don't believe that's true. I think they are a part of it, 100%. They do not like Jewish people. They do not like Israel. Um, I'm not. I'm not like taking their responsibility away, but I choose to give Israel their responsibility and not let them off the hook for all of the what a, you know the whatabouts, the back and forth that you were talking about. Yeah, they have a bunch of them, and part of one of the things is again, you go watch Ari Shafir's Jew special, and he'll admit it to you. They think they're better than everyone in the world. They think that they're the chosen people. That is their land. You know, it, that, that's what Zionism means, that they have a right to that land, that no one can take it away from them. Um, and I don't know, man. I think that you're just people, and that if you piss off enough people, we could take it away from you. Like, you know, if America decided we want that, that's ours, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, but, I mean, you know, obviously that's like hyperbole. That would never happen because we are 100% in the bag for Israel. But um, theoretically... You're not the biggest, baddest group of dudes on the block, you know? Yeah. But they walk around. They sure as fuck walk around like they are because they've got us on a short leash. Yeah. IPAC have- is like the most powerful lobby in the in our entire country. It, dude, it, we- I don't like... I, dude... It, not only do we have tons of dual citizens in our country, I don't think that should be allowed. Not not to be in the country, but I don't think you should be able to hold public office. I don't think you should be able to vote if the allegiance to us is not 100% clear. Yeah, yeah. well, listen, uh, that there's some little bit of totalitarianism in your in, in that, that, but but I don't disagree with you. I think that y- there is the perception, uh, there could be the perception of split allegiances, and, uh, you know, it's a risk. It's a risk. To allow that, to allow full participation in the government from from somebody who um, may not have your best interest at heart, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, tons of dual citizenship all over the place. IPAC being the most powerful lobby in the entire country. Um, The Christian 
American Christian evangelicals who are like hardcore Christian Zionists mm-hmm. are another huge lobby in the United States. Uh, and like just a huge voting block too, you know. Uh, I, I, I don't think that things are going to go... I think that things are going to go bad for Gaza here. I think that the writing is on the wall. Yeah, yeah. Which sucks, man. And I, again, I don't... I don't... If it was up to me, I wouldn't support either side. I would uh, facilitate diplomacy. Mm. That is it. Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, yeah, but I don't... I just don't... I, I just don't think it's going <laughs> to... It's not going to go over well for Gaza. The, you know, the whole thing's going to... And it's not going to go well for anybody because where do those people go then, Chris? Yeah, it's not going to go They well come here. It's not going to go well for anybody. It's fucked up, man. Yeah. So, you know, um, I don't, I don't really, that's the thing. It's like, I've, I've spent this whole podcast like crying for the, the people in Gaza and the Palestinians. I don't want them to come here though, you know, like, I don't know, man. Uh, so I, I was thinking about like what it takes the dehumanization is really what I'm talking about. What it takes to get somebody to, to be capable of doing the atrocities that both sides are accused of doing. Uh, it takes a certain level of dehumanizing the other side, you know? Mm-hmm. And and partly that is something that is uh, taught, you know? It's like uh, you hear it from your parents, you hear it from your brothers, you hear it from, you know, your elders, you hear it from the community. Um, this this group of people's bad. This you know whatever. So there's like this indoctrination that happens that that uh, allows people to um, hate before they have any reason to hate. It like it like primes them to to hate the other the other group. And I think until you end that, there is absolutely no hope for diplomacy. It's like you've got generations and generations of people that are raised to believe. The other side is not just the enemy, but the devil, you know? Yeah. They're not human. They're not even human. They don't even deserve, you know, uh, the level of uh, respect that, you know, a, a human of any kind d- deserves. They don't even think that. They, they it, You know, it's worse than that. And uh, I don't know how you stop that, man. I don't either. It's a, it's a sad situation. Terrible. You know? Doesn't feel like good things are coming. No. This is a bummer, man. So yeah, the first part of the episode is fun. I just talked about music and shit, you know. Might be boring for the, the listeners. And in, impressions and stereotypes of people and, and uh Yeah, that was all funny though, you know. I don't know if it was funny or not, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> Jesus, man. All right, well we're at two hours. It's a really bummer. I wish we could I wish we could brighten this up somehow before we leave, but how are we going to do that? How are we going to... You know, when, um, when I was a little kid, and I would watch uh, horror movies... That's bright. Well, the, what, what I used to do, like, because I remember specifically going over to my buddy Chris Coles, remember Chris? Mm-hmm. Go over to Chris's house. Uh, we'd, watch, we'd, we'd rent horror movies, we'd watch horror movies, and we'd be terrified because we were kids. And then, like, we couldn't go to bed because we were terrified. So we, instead, we'd put on uh, like Mario Brothers and we'd play some little little video games and the cheerful music and the colors. After a while, man, you're not scared anymore. You can go sure. right to right back to bed. And that's what we need right now. We need a Mario Brothers um, breakdown. Just ship over Game Boys to the uh, to the the Gaza Strip. <laughs> no, I mean for the podcast. To, oh. to, we need we need a we need a 
uh, video it game. Work in Gaza. It might. Ship it over might. Some Nintendo sixty fours, some Star Fox, some Star, some Goldeneye 007. Dude, it might work. It could. Might not though. It's only one way to find out. Um, I heard Japan. Uh, Japan. I heard Japan might sell Nintendo. I heard Nintendo might sell uh, th- their business. They might sell. Really? Yeah. I'm not sure to who, but that would be interesting. I don't know what that would mean. I don't know what that would mean either. But it's a. But it's a. Uh, you know, such a legacy. Nintendo is such a, you know, like culture shaping thing mm-hmm. for it to for it to be purchased by somebody else, and and who knows what will happen with it is interesting. I wonder who would buy it. Like, it would be cool to have like old school Nintendo games on PlayStation. You know? Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. They got a bunch of shit like that with now that you can do with uh yeah illegally. Yeah. Breaking the law over here. Yeah, well, I guess we're not enforcing the laws these days anymore, Kyle. Some of them we are. Some of them. Taxes. Going to continue to enforce those laws. Yep. Any final thoughts for the podcast audience? Um, honestly, as corny as it sounds, like my prayers really are with the people over there. Like it's the, the, the Israelites and the Palestinians both, you know, because it's not a good situation. Um, and I just pray that... Maybe this is kind of selfish, but, like, I pray that it doesn't, like, spread out to the rest of the world either. Like, you know. Amen, buddy. That's it. And with that. Well, there you have it. That's one avenue explored, but infinitely more still to go. I hope you enjoyed thinking along with us. I know, I know. It's not easy work thinking it's hard and full of uncertainties but i'm grateful for the company as we trek through this together here's to hoping that the juice is worth the squeeze see what i did there let's find out together in the next episode